Hey guys, this is Courtney Cole and you're listening to the Love Freak Podcast. If you're loving this healing journey that we're on together through this podcast, be sure to check out my latest EP, Earthquake, which is all about my own personal healing journey that led me to doing this very podcast. You can check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, or basically anywhere you love listening to music. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you're continuing to align with love and that you're creating some beautiful, beautiful things. Remember the passion you felt doing that particular thing you always loved to do when you were a kid? Whether it was to laugh or to love or to explore, to play or create. Those passions weren't just you being a kid. They were gifts of clarity. They're the desires of your heart authentically expressed. Hi, I'm Courtney Cole, and this is the Love Freak Podcast where we remember who we really are and what we've come to this planet to create. It's here we make a choice, love or fear. It's here we choose to vibrationally realign ourselves with the truth of our essence, love, 528 hertz, the love frequency, which therefore allows us to realign with conscious healing, authenticity, and creativity. Don't freak out. This is your true nature. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Love Freak Podcast. I am so happy that you're here joining us this week. Today, I am here with acting coach and teacher Elaine Williams of Baron Brown Studios in Los Angeles. And I took a a class with Elaine last year on the Meisner Technique, which is an acting technique um, that's all about authentic acting and realistic emotional responses. And I so loved this class because it's not just a lesson in acting. It's truly a lesson in life and kind of what we talk about so often on this podcast and what I truly believe is um, authentic creativity. Um, Sanford Meisner uh, developed this technique. He was a very notable actor, and but he ended up becoming this legendary teacher that would focus on authenticity in acting and not over-intellectualizing it, but to live truthfully and honestly uh, in the present moment and to kind of respond and react from that place. And Elaine is such a brilliant teacher of this technique, and I truly even believe she's an even better human being. Um... She's worked with some of the greatest, most legendary actors and producers in the world, uh, and she's taking the time to be here with us today to share her insights and all of her creative life wisdom. Um, I just got to say, this episode is far more than just an episode about an acting technique, you guys. This is an episode about showing up authentically as you are and about living in the present moment And all that exists for us there, all the possibilities in that space. And as crazy as it seems, that's kind of what I learned the most about in this acting class. And it's just a lot of what this method teaches on a fundamental fundamental level. Um, You know, creativity to me is so much more than just what we create through art, but what we create through our life expression. And that's what we're going to dive into today. So Elaine, thank you so much for hanging out today. It's truly such an honor to have you here. Oh, not the honor, Courtney, not the honor. It's my honor for sure. I don't, I don't know about that. You are seriously (laughs) such a light. Like I I took a class with you at Baron Brown uh, a couple months ago 
And yeah. actually, it was last year. That's a crazy thing to say. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> okay, first of all, I don't even know what year it is. I don't even know what day it is. I don't even know where I am. So I'm glad. I know. 2020 just kind of everything started to blur together. Um, but I just, I really felt so connected with you in that class. I, I told you this before we started recording, but you're such yeah. a joy and you're such a light and you, you have this joy that's just different than most people. And I, I even want to ask you like sometimes like, where do you find it? Everything's a hoot. Everything is funny yeah. and you find the joy in, in everything. And I, I just love that about you. Uh, well, I, as I told you before, when we were talking, it's, uh, uh, it's probably because I'm not that deep. So <laughs> I can find, I can find the childlike hoot in just about anything. I don't believe it at all because you're so deep and you, and you teach this technique that's so deep. So I'm, yeah. I can't wait yeah. to dive in and, and, and to really go deep with you. This will yeah, be yeah, really yeah. fun. But yeah, to yeah. start, I would love for you to tell just a little bit of your history, like where you grew up. How did you get into the, the LA film industry and ultimately yeah. into teaching the Meisner technique? That's a lot. Um, well, I'm from Indiana, born in South Bend, brought up in Fort Wayne, Indiana for as long as I can remember. Uh, a Hoosier, like for sure. I am a Midwesterner probably through and through. Wonderful place to come from. Mm. Trippy place, the Midwest. Trippy place, the United States, given what everything is happening now. It's always been happening. So it's never true. been not happening. So I grew yes. up with parents who were, I mean, to me, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama are like patterning themselves after my parents. Wow. <laughs> so, because my parents were just everything. They were just community organizers, politicos, you know, they were just kind of Renaissance people. Yeah. Um, my mom's a nutritionist. My dad is like legit a Renaissance man, just mm. through and through. So they were serious people and hilarious people. So they were joyous people. My whole family is so. People are just soulful and smart and persevering and about some change and hardworking and I don't know just so many things that are kind of fabulous so I come from that on both sides of my families I come from just nurses and doctors and rocket scientists and teachers wow. and uh, moms and dads and people you know in long marriages and you know you can only who can imagine I'm not married who can imagine what it really takes wow to make right. those things happen so days, right yeah for sure so uh, that's what I grew up surrounded with and you were supposed to make a change you were supposed to make a, a difference in the world and mm -hmm. I think my parents really had a different ideology and a thought for me they thought I was really going to be as forward thinking and action changing in the same way that we are. But they're also such creative spirits that they made the mistake of introducing me to every art form possible. They were about exposure, which I am too. Yeah. So they were about making sure that no, what, no matter what room I walked into, I felt comfortable. So if we weren't millionaire billionaires or had all this money, or if we were thwarted because of systems and racisms and sexisms and things that were in place, yeah. They weren't going to have me thwarted with the lack of good education and exposure. Wow. So wow. they wanted to make sure that I could, we lived uh, right in the back of a park, which was marvelous. 
So I got to learn for free because park systems had these kind of wonderful programs at that time. And they can't, I hope we get back to that. But I got to learn to golf and to play tennis and I'm not good at any of them, but it, it makes you feel that you can try a thing. So they exposed me to everything, art, painting, uh, reading, writing, animation, film. And once they exposed me to film, it was over. So from that time on, I was sitting in my room at three in the morning, watching all the old movies, thinking about how I was going to get to Los Angeles. And from the time I can remember, I was thinking of that. And my grandparents lived out here on my mother's side. They lived in Altadena, which is a, a, a small little adjunct to Pasadena, and it's beautiful. Mm. And I came out when I was about 12 for their 50th anniversary. And they lived on this little hill, and it just was this quaint and cute. And then a cute boy went uh, 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 skateboarding down the hill. And I said, well, I'm going there. And there was cute everybody's everywhere. And I was like, well, I think this might be the place for me. And I I'm told them, home. I'm always on my home. I said, I'm coming to LA. And storytelling was the lure. Right. Yeah. So from that, I did a lot of things. I just had every odd job that anybody could have. Um, I, I was literally, I worked at a place called Video West before it became um, like uh, record stores and blockbusters and all those things, of course, have, have just shifted and changed. But I worked there and then I met all kinds of folks. I was a Universal Studio tour guide. So, so many of my friends, I met the first summer that I got here to Los Angeles being a tour guide. And they, of course, have all just thrived. Some stayed, some went back home, but so many are here. And these are my people. Then from that, which was like a little summer gig, I, I just kept working in the industry. I worked on game shows and did some prize court. I mean, I just kept going. Then a friend gave me my first job on a set. Uh, Harlan Friedman gave me my first little onset job and that started it. And I had a long run and a wonderful run um, in production and learning to, to make films. And I worked for a great producer. Her name is Suzanne DePass, just a legend. And I worked there for quite a while. And that was like getting a master's and a PhD. And at that time, I started having a little bug to do a little stand-up comedy and to learn how to act and do the other side of uh, filmmaking and writing and whatever that could be. I ain't written a thing yet. <laughs> and <laughs> that's how I ended up studying. Another great friend of mine recommended the Baron Brown studio. And that's how I came to the studio. And I studied oh, there while so I was studied. working. Oh yeah, I did. The, I, don't, everybody, I don't think everybody I knew who, you studied there. Of course, everybody who teaches, we've all done the two-year program, right? So we were in there. I had our butts in that same first day seat oh, that you amazing. did. Right. That's amazing. And then after studying, they asked me to stay on and learn to teach. And I did. And that's been what, 25 years? No 30, way. 30 years, maybe wholly, but the teaching thing probably. Yeah. And so that led me to you. Oh my gosh. And you're so just, you're so good at it. Like you said, your, your family, they're, they're all joyous, soulful people. And, oh, yeah. and, and you are that, and you put that into your teaching. And, uh, I just, I learned so much from you. Um, not only just about acting, but just truthfully, like about, about life. I, I don't know. It's just, they, they go hand <laughs> in hand, these techniques, but for those who, who are listening now, who might not know, uh, what the Meisner technique is, what you teach, can yeah. you kind of go into a little bit of description of what that is? Um, 
I think the quickest way to say it is that you get in storytelling, you know, the genesis and the birth of storytelling, which is just human. So we can't even go far back enough. You got to go back to Africa and talk about the griots and the, you got to go back to the indigenous folks and talk about the shamanic folk and the keepers of the stories, you know what I mean? And the cave paintings and just what were people doing when they were trying to sit around a fire and keep a legacy alive? Or just like you said, have a hoot and have a laugh or gossip a bit and tell a tall tale or whatever. So I think the genesis of that goes to how we're just tribal about storytelling. We love to get together. We love to see it. We learn from it. It's our way of processing. So I think of it like dreaming, but the idea of that then goes to kind of Greek theater. And then we go to um, Konstantin Stanislavski and kind of the movement from external to internal. And it also matches up with technology, you know, as internal acting is coming to be. So is uh, the genesis of theater and then film and the addition of that. So the technique starts to morph. And then you get Stanislavski bringing his kind of Moscow arts company to America. Then you get to the Meisners and the Strasbergs and the Stella Adlers and the Harold Clermans. And those are just the people that we know and you hear their names, the Uta Hagens. But you know, there's there's hundreds of other folk who have shaped all of this of all sexes, races, color. There's, there's so many people who shaped it, but they happen to really have such an impact and they had an opportunity, of course, to have yeah. an impact. And so we know them. So those are the folks who started to get into this. How do you teach an actor what their craft is? Mm-hmm. Uh, ballet dancers have a craft. They right. start with first position, second position. Athletes have a craft. They run those tires. They do. You got to get your swing and your form And you're really not great until you've mastered the form, understanding it and not understanding it, consciously getting it and then unconsciously applying it. And then some people get so good at that conscious and unconscious application that they innovate. Mm. They change their game. They change the nature of storytelling. They add some element of it that's personal to them. So one of Meisner's great things was he created, as all of them really did, a sequential brick by brick way for the artist to understand the invisible craft that's underneath acting. We tell everybody first day, it's like, if we do our job right, people don't see our craft. And they then they just think working. it's- They don't, and they're not supposed to. Right. There, there is that thing, the iceberg thing, it's like, here's the performance and then all underneath it is all of the work that you're not supposed to see but our art form is nuts if we really do it right everybody thinks they can do it because they recognize it as human and real and truthful yeah it's so easy that it must Uh be yeah that it must be easy it must be easy yeah and that's the thing about the meisner technique that i think uh, i I, I wouldn't say that it teaches like an, an easy way because it's actually a very difficult way to yeah. to be authentic. Yeah. But it's all about truthful that finding the the truth right in yes. in the emotion is the whole well, concept of like the the Meister. whole concept of it is listening and reacting, which is at the root of everything. Can you listen? And with that comes. 300 lifetimes of, of like difficulty and challenge. 
Yeah. Because we all know listening is I'm a terrible listener. <laughs> you and me both. And I'm supposed to be doing it for a living. So <laughs> because when you listen, you have to inhibit <laughs> responses of control and you got to dodge the things that are triggering you. But if you're trying to dodge them, you can't listen. So you have to learn to, it's all a cliche, but you have to learn to be present. You have to learn to pull down a wall and that wall might've been there for a good reason and for a long time. And so you have to be able to take in. And when you can take in, you can feel. And then Meissner really is like a, like a carpenter. I mean, he's teaching you brick by brick. How do you build a house with right. all the principles of activities and yes, emotion and what an actor does and right. Because a, a, a ballerina isn't just emotional. Right. Uh, yeah. Dancer isn't just emotion. They are giving you as Judith Jameson said with Alvin Ailey, they are giving you craft. They are giving you mm -hmm. technique. They are showing you the move and the extension. And perhaps from that, they can also express and contain their emotion and their passion, but they got to get that move right. Absolutely. And they have to execute it. It's building off of those foundations too. And yes. I like the Meisner technique I learned, you know, like there's like little steps that you can take to just build that craft slowly yes. and to get more and more comfortable. Yes. But gosh, I mean, this technique taught me so much, you know, not just about true, honest acting, but it really just taught me a lot about life. There were so <laughs> many correlations, even a lot of what you just said, I'm sitting here listening to, you know, learning to listen to the things that are triggering you or like not ignoring yeah. those things. Like, yeah. whoa, that's oh. like, so a lot of oh. times in class, I'm sitting here going, wait, are we talking about acting? Or are we talking about life here? And, you know, there's, there's many things that I love about this technique, but there's two things in particular, uh, two very spiritual things, in my opinion, that I really want to kind of focus on. And one of those is showing up authentic, authentic, oh my gosh, I never <laughs> authentically, yes, ma'am, so showing up authentically, <laughs> uh, instinctively and truthfully, but then there's also the staying in the present moment. Yeah. Um, two of those things, very important to the technique, but also very important just in creativity in general and in life. Yeah. So I, yeah. I would love to start with that, that first one showing up authentically, instinctively and truthfully, um, because I, you, yeah, if for I, me to say, right. Well, it, um, right. It ain't easy to say or do, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just felt like the technique, the Meisner technique is so confronting, um, because for me, like I, I really realized how attached that I was to a lot of my programmings growing up or like my adopted mm -hmm. belief systems that kind of kept yeah. me in my head and that kept me from just reacting how I would react. Yeah. And the whole basis of this technique is about getting out of your head and reacting to more, uh, more instinctively to your surrounding environment, right? Not to overthink it. And mm -hmm. I love that concept because it just like applies to just any form of creativity, you know, or just really showing up authentically in life. Like how often are we not able to show up as our authentic selves because we're too in our heads or we're too worried about what this person's going to think or what that person's going to think, or am I showing up the right way or the wrong way? Or am I right. showing up too much or too little? Like the voices right. don't stop. So I'm just curious, like what advice do you give to your students to help them kind of get out of their heads and to trust their instincts? 
Well, the, the easiest thing that Meisner would say, and it's the first thing you say, is where do you put your attention? So you start to learn how to redirect your attention. And actors have to do that. Uh, speakers have to do that. Interviewers of a blog have to do that. You have to redirect your attention, right? Mm. So that you can be present, so that you can flow, so you can go with what you want to do, so you can improvise. So the first thing is like when you get nervous, when you get triggered, when you get upset, when you get off, when, you, when you're in your own, you know, vortex, put your attention back on the source. Is it a person? Is it a thing? Is it a thing you're doing? Put your attention off of yourself and it'll clear up some space. Uh, as Michael Fredericks and Carol Prentice say, who teach the Alexander Technique, it'll, it'll create some space in between mm. so that then you can be there and maybe it'll dispel, it's not gonna remove, but it's gonna dispel a little bit of the nerves or the anxiety or the tension or the triggering if you put your attention back on reality. Cause that thing in you may not be happening. You just it's think so it's true. going to, you're anticipating it's going to. Yeah, and it's so true. And it's like, I was thinking about when we were doing some of the exercises in class, like I'm in my head thinking, okay, how am I yeah. going to react to <laughs> this scenario? Of course. How am I going to, what, what's going to be the thing that blows everyone away? Like, how am I going to win? This is going to be my Oscar oh, moment. Oh, oh, well, welcome to the party. Cause that's everybody. You that's get me in your too. Head, and then the moment oh, comes God. and you're like, wow, that couldn't, you, you, you show up in that moment. And you're like, wow, that couldn't have been more forced and more awkward than anything. Yeah. I, you know, but it's yeah. like, you're right. When even in like a regular normal conversation with yes. just you or I or whatever, when you're not in your head thinking, what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? And you're able to focus on the person and listen to everything they're saying. You're able to respond back so authentically yeah. and so honestly because you were actually present enough to listen and understand. You can, how, can you, how can you understand anything? How can you learn something new? If you can't let go of that, and that's what was hard in life. It's hard for me in life. It's hard for me in every facet. But I think that's why I love the word. That's probably why I'm teaching it. Oprah says you got to teach what you need to learn. Well, I'm like, dang it, I'll be teaching forever because <laughs> it's like, oh no, why does she have to say that? But usually, when you're in a conversation, you're trying to think of what you're going to say next. Yep. Except with the people that you actually are so entranced with or interested by that you really want to hear what they say next kids we're like that with our pets right, right, right. people I love I'm interested in them they're charming they're interesting they're smarter than me I want to hear what they have to say right but if if I don't always have that relationship with a person then I can be real quick to be jumping to what I anticipate is going to happen and trying to control the whole thing and coming up what I'm going to say so that I don't have to feel what I'm feeling or trying to do something like you said to make sure. your Academy Award. But that's not where you get your Academy Award. You get the Academy no. Award in the honesty. all that. Well, in honesty, but in work, it's just mm -hmm. pure, awful, rigorous, sometimes exciting and satisfying, yeah. but it's just like rigorous, confusion and allowing that and upset and not knowing and unknown. And sometimes that feels like, whoo, I'm out here off the edge. All oh, this is exciting. 
Other times it just feels downright, to me, scary, anxious, insecure, hard, yuck. Mm. But so I love you, what you just you said. To, to, I love what you said, at the, but allowing that. There's that, unfortunately, because if there were another way, I would really try to do that. But even in, in the strongest preparation, which you must have, in the strongest like diagramming of the thing for execution, there still has to be a point where you let go. Right. And in our That's business, the hardest part. man, and in our business, you're letting go in front of people. We're not, not that there's anything wrong with the cubicle, but I was happy to get out of them. <laughs> not that there's yeah. anything wrong with that, but right. I'm happy not to be in them. But people are going to see what works, if anything. And people are going to see what doesn't, which might be yeah. the best part. Yeah. Wow. And I, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, wow, isn't it funny that in order to become like a better actor, like you, you almost have to relearn authenticity, you know, like yeah. and you sit here and you think about how do we unlearn it? And I just am thinking about what you're saying, just about like, gosh, just being able to, we, we, we learn to hide our emotions. We learn to hide what's yeah. going on inside of us. We learn to we, ha- we live in this world with Instagram and everything where everything's yeah. perfect. We learn to hide these things. But what yeah. you just said, it just speaks so true to me. Like if you can just allow it and work through it and process some of those things, you're able to just to find a totally deeper part in yourself and your expression, whether that's in life or as an actor. Yeah. Right. When you can but- just put, put it all out there. I mean, but I that's, that's the, beautiful. that's the gutsy part. And that's yeah. the, I mean, when you think of no actor just creates on a whim, right? They've got to do all of that drudge work that comes with the job. And every job has drudge work. Every job has like stuff you don't necessarily like to do, sure. but it comes with the territory. Sure. And then for some actors, they love research for some actors. They love, you know, uh, having that Beyonce mentality and practicing a thing for a year, whether it be an accent or a martial art or this, that's going to add to the character. They, they, some of them are gutsy enough to be like, I need some counseling and some therapy. I need to get my spirit right. I need to, to learn how to learn. I need wow. to learn the questions that I have to ask to get it. And sometimes you have to be fed a thing and see if you can do that. And then you're in a process of how do you unearth things for yourself? And you have to learn that. And our industry is just, I think it's nutty because you're never going to stop learning. That's so true. Every part's going to be different. Once you nail one part, you'll notice most, an actor may do a similar part in a similar tone because they're good at it. They found something, they're finding something as it goes and it gets better and better and better. And then they may completely shift to something they've never done or nobody has seen them do. And that's risky and scary. Just diving deeper and deeper. Or just different. Because everybody saw you have some success with one thing. And then what happens if you fail in another? What does it mean? What does it mean? Nothing. It nothing. only means what you want. Nothing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. That's so good. 
now obviously the with the Meisner technique, like as an actor, you're you're kind of learning to understand a character and their emotions and being able to react yeah. instinctively as as that character would. Uh, but I would imagine that would take like a certain level of emotional maturity and probably preparation within the actor to understand those particular emotions yeah. for himself That's and right. to be able to respond, uh, you know, appropriately, I guess. So I, I just was curious if you've seen students kind of being brought to their own self-awareness um, and having to do some of their own inner work through this like emotional development of their character. Always, mm. always. Because, I mean, the whole time they're kind of figuring themselves out because they may be nothing like the character, but still they're, they're the instrument, instrument that's brought to it. Right. I mean, all they got is themselves and their emotions and their thoughts and their ability and their craft and their way of doing a behavior, their way of, of creating a relationship, their way of unlocking their imagination so that they can believe they're in a circumstance. All they got is them. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to transform, you know, through that character, but they, they've got to figure out how they work and they got to wow. figure out what parts about them are dormant, plain like dead, neutralized, or what points are like super alive that you want to keep making even more lively, but they got to figure out where they're dead. We all do. And they got to give oh. that some CPR. So that yeah. that's tough. Then you got to see the stuff about yourself that you can't see. Uh, the stuff that is so unconscious that you can't see it unless you're kind of willing to let somebody else look at you, uh, which is what coaches and teachers kind of do. Sure. And in the heart of the first training, that's hard because people, none of us want to see that. It feels so personal. Us. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I feel like we have, people have a lot of relationship issues in general in their normal lives is because- <laughs> Hello, people. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> hello, people. Yeah. You know, but hello, people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they teach it. I can't do it. Okay, but it's so true, though. It's like in in our relationships, like everybody, whether you're in an intimate relationship with a partner or even your parents. I mean, yeah. everyone's a mirror, yeah. right? Yeah. And yes. nobody wants to be told that their reflection is ugly. It's painful. It's, you know. It's, it's it's painful it's awful it's frustrating it's yuck it makes me mad I don't want to hear it and then I eventually will have to chuckle there <laughs> she is I, but it takes some time it's getting <laughs> it's getting less and less time I'm, I'm kind of happy about that it used to be like okay 20 years I still wouldn't be chuckling oh, about that thing now I'm like okay Okay. I'm almost but getting it in a day or two. That's still long, but I'm almost getting it. But the chuckle is where it's at for me because I can get stuck quick. Courtney, I can get stuck quick. Girl, same. You're quick. not, you're not alone, quick. But, quick. but I think that this is the, the part for me where like, like creativity and the healing process, all yeah. of that stuff where they go hand yeah. in hand, because I yeah. think that when we take responsibility as creatives in our own healing processes, we're able yeah. to kind of express ourselves more authentically in our expression, just as human beings or in our art, because how yeah. much like when you heal that stuff within you, you're able to do that in your characters and bring that out in your, yeah. in your, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because you don't have this block. It's like you're working with one arm behind your back the whole time. Yeah. 
And then you can get a few tools that can help you. It's not therapy, but it's therapeutic. But therapy goes yes. great with yes. acting, by the way. But the training is, it can be very therapeutic. Like art is therapeutic. Like anybody's work can be therapeutic because it's another sure. way that you express yourself. So when you get a couple tools, suddenly you find like you have this whole other arm, but that arm is still asleep and it hurts to be woken up and it's yeah. weird and it's not working right. And it takes time to integrate. Yeah. I love it. And I, I talk about that a lot on the podcast. Like I really think that like self-awareness and those mirrors and everything that, you know, that we were talking about, like, I believe that that's kind of the first step of healing when you're, when you're able to really address how you feel, why you feel things, where it just you made feel my stomach things. hurt. Just as you said, that made my stomach hurt, which means <laughs> it's true. It's like, it made me go, ah, yes. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that really just in creativity, not in, in, again, not just the stereotypical word or definition of the word, like, yeah, just even in the own creations of our own lives, our most honest, authentic, beautiful expression of ourselves kind of comes forth when we're able to bravely step into and tap into that self-awareness and truly well, that's, and that's, and do that inner work. That's all Brene Brown's work. That's ah, all yeah, of that. it's true. daring <laughs> to be great. Uh, yeah. vulner, bringing some vulnerability to the party, yeah. uh, which means that you could just get slammed. Like yeah. you, that could just go terribly, terribly wrong. Yeah. But how do you bring some vulnerability to it? And what do you want? I guess the, the thing that gets me, I always have to go back and ask, what do I really want from this situation? Do I want to stay the way I am? Do I want to control it? And I, by the way, I give myself permission to go, yeah, I do want to say the way I am. I'm yeah. not necessarily going to let you turn me just because you want me to do a thing in a way that's going to make you more comfortable. Sure. But do I want to grow? Yes. Do I see a space for something new? Sure. And that's kind of what's happening now. It's like, do we see spaces for something new? Because what was old ain't working. It yeah. never worked. It yeah. never worked. It was, it wasn't working. It was broken then. It's mm -hmm. still broken. It's obvious. Do we see a space for something new? Yeah. And then what would that look like? Mm. But that's, that. yeah, but that's, that's a toughie because we, so we tough. see a certain way. And I, that might be one of my favorite things with what you're talking about with creativity but it's so hard to get there and you can't force it. You can't make it happen. That's where that allowing comes in though, right? Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can set the stage for it, but you don't know when it's going to come. But I get those moments where I just shift and that's what makes me giggle. I'm so entrenched in something and whatever I'm entrenched in, it's not working. Yeah. That much I can identify. Right. It's not working. And so I'm stuck in it. And then when there, that opening comes and you can think of a new way to do something, that's pretty cool. It's great. It's a hoot, yeah. like you would say. <laughs> it's a hoot. <laughs> so there's, there's, uh, there's the whole, <laughs> there's another um, acting technique called the Strasberg technique. And that's yeah. more where like they focus on kind of the whole yeah. concept is kind of pulling from past experience to be able to yeah. kind of like generate something more sincere in whatever yeah. scene you're performing. Right. Yeah. But I, what I love about the Meisner technique is that it kind of focuses on the present moment and, and where you are and kind of like you were just talking about too, just, I'm going to, you know, but can you, can you talk about like a little bit why that's 
so important in this technique in particular that being in yeah that I I can't hold forth as much on the 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 Strasbourg work like some expert yeah. but when I've seen experts teach it they are we don't really kind of go by let's let's use something that has already happened to you but, but and mostly and I don't think Strasbourg really was trying to do this either but you don't want to re-traumatize yourself and get stuck all over again in something that you never got unstuck from in the first place. Sure. So you you don't want to get stuck in the trauma. And I don't think uh, the technique of Strasbourg really is wanting people to get stuck in the trauma. It just called upon a performer to be so relaxed. I mean, they had to be superhuman. If you were going to go through something that you already been through, if it was traumatizing, you had to be so relaxed to allow that experience. And most people are not. Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like that concept, right? It's like, okay, I have to cry in the scene. So think about my yeah. cat dying, right? That yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. vibe. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> but we would say, if you don't have a cat, think about it. Because uh-huh. now you're bringing in this imaginative place that can be playtime and more safe. So we would say, make it 50% true and 50% not true. It's not that you're not using your senses, we're going to be on the same page with Strasbourg. And yeah, you got to use your, your vision, your sight, your smell, your touch. You got to make sure that those things haven't been dialed down because you saw something traumatic and now you don't see as much because you heard something once and unconsciously you don't want to hear it again because mm-hmm. you got in an accident and you're still triggered from the sounds or the feeling of your body. Those things you have to kind of move through and try sure. to adjust so that your instrument's back in tune, right? Sure. But your instrument's trying to be in tune so that you can play moments. Singers have to sing note by note. Dancers yeah. dance movement by movement. Uh, basketball players and football players and tennis players, they move stroke by stroke. Yeah. They volley in presence. And as soon as they get out of presence, that's why they're superhuman. Not only are they physically conditioned like ridiculous, but their mental ability, their mm. focus there's the superior allowance of efficiency, breath, presence, brain power. That's a lot, right? So acting is a moment to moment craft. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, just about taking the attention off yourself too, and putting it just basically on what's going on exactly right in front of you. You're, when I was going over your questions, I thought of a time, like, I, I don't draw. I can't really paint or draw. I can do a stick figure. And I yeah. always have friends and my mother who were like, draw, you know, they, and, I, and then I get all clenched up. They're like, draw. It'll be a great therapy for you. You'll be fun. It'll be creative. And I just immediately seize up because I go to the result. Yeah. And when I can just be by myself and just play like a kid, I can be creative mm. and I can be in the moment because I don't yes. have this, that weird perfectionistic results oriented part of me doesn't want to please anybody. Yes. Nobody's watching. But as soon as somebody's watching in a performance, all that stuff tends to get lit up. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm an only child, so I probably have that going and I'm an extroverted personality, but an introverted person. So yeah. I'm often most comfortable with just a few people, super by myself, because I can just like, my mistakes aren't laid bare. Right. But then publicly, when I'm teaching, I can allow that. But as a person, my sensitivities become different. 
So yeah. all of those things are always happening, right? Right. And then there's sometimes when you can just go to the little, you know, I don't know, the sip and paint. I was talking to some friends about paint and sip, <laughs> and I was like, oh Lord, I can do the sip part, but the paint. <laughs> <laughs> and then then it started sounding so fun. Yeah. So it's like, can you privately fully express? Can you can we create space? where we can do things together and watch each other and not necessarily have it all be driven by insecurity, judgment, you know, yeah. uh, and, and result. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know either. That sounds, that sounds hard. <laughs> We're all judgmental people. One, one day at a time. One <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a exactly. It, it was interesting when we were in class. Um, one way that you really encouraged us to try and stay in that present moment and just kind of let things be was through the repetition exercise. Yes. And if, uh, if any just random person was sitting outside (laughs) of the door, hearing this conversation of what happens in a room, they would think like these people are absolutely crazy people, but, uh, cause it's just, you know, going back and forth saying, yes, the same thing the other person is saying and literally just kind of like go building a scene based off of the other person's reaction that's it and I realized in that moment how bad I am at just being in the moment and not you know like just being in my own head it's so wild and it's just I I look at that when I do my interviews um and when I sometimes when I I get in my own head wondering what I'm going to ask next instead of just listening to the person and like diving in or when I'm having a conversation with my friend at a coffee shop. Yeah. Like it's just the most wild thing. I think about that exercise all the time and how confronting yeah. it really is. I think it's the, one of the hardest parts Yeah. because once you put a circumstance on everything, people then have that to kind of lean into and think about and do. But if you just have two people and they're just talking and it's just intimacy kind of unmasked, yeah. People are so funny and crazy. Yeah. Right. But then once they relax into it, you actually start to have fun. Sure. Because you said the key, it's like you're you're reacting off of that person. And that comes yeah. naturally. People do the repetition all day, all day, all day. That's all it is. But it is an exercise that's designed to capture that. So in yeah. storytelling, we're paralleling it but we just have to be so much more specific about it for people to see it and to believe, you know, and to believe it. Yeah. So that's the trip. But if you really put your attention on somebody, they just take you through the whole thing. I love that. I love that. And I just, what if we can just do that all the time throughout life? Well, look, don't try all that. (laughs) Try it five minutes a day. Okay. Try five minutes on zoom, on the phone at lunch. We're also excited to get get out for one second and take a walk. I took a walk with a friend of mine yesterday. Thank God for him. And it was just so nice because he listened to me babble. And then once I had babbled, I was just like, I'm so thankful for you. And then all I wanted to do was just listen to him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But isn't that great when you have that kind of friendship where you can just show up as yourself and it just, it doesn't matter. Yes. Like being alone in that room by yourself and being, you know what I mean? That's beautiful. It's it's better. It's the, it's the value of that for me is crazy. 
because when I can be with somebody and I, I really feel better, that means I feel some kind of safety and security and freedom. Exactly. And that's what I need for the creativity you're talking about. For sure. Is that space. And I, you know, it's funny, like when we say that we're all judgmental people and we are, but I think about that a lot. It's like, but are we, nobody was judging anybody in your acting class. People were not like, oh, that Courtney, look at her trying to get that Academy Award. They really weren't, you know what I mean? No. I'm not saying that you don't have vital, uh, active criticism of each other's work in a, a supportive sure. way, but people aren't really wishing for you to fail. No, because they're there doing the same work and they, right. want, and they want to get better. But like, gosh, if, if we could just think about that, like every day, like people showing up in life or just in our friendships, everybody's just doing their best trying to do show up, you know, and like imagine what more of a peaceful world it would be if we could just kind of understand that about everyone or just own e- right. If we could just remember if we could just remind, and that's what I keep trying to do because I'll get just as stuck. And then I have to remind myself, nobody's really gunning for me. Yeah. And I'm not really gunning for anybody. No. And if they are, that has nothing to do with me. Exactly. And if, if I am gunning for them, that has nothing to do with them. Right. You so know, true. that's where and you have so it's that like, self-awareness comes in. You just got to start going, okay, got to do the work. Got to do the work. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious. So I'm curious for you. I talked about the two things. We talked about the two things, the showing up authentically, instinctively, and truthfully, and then yeah. living in the present moment. This yeah. is kind of a, 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 probably a tough question, but I just want to kind of wrap it all up in a sense of like, <laughs> And I think we already answered this, but I just want to see if there's any more, but like, how do we apply both of those things to offstage living? I really think we covered this, but is there any more that you'd like to say on that? Like just being able to show up authentically as yourself and presently in the moment. I think we're kind of, I think we're kind of here to, we got created. Yeah. And I think it's maybe to create. Yeah. And then to have what we create 100%. be, as one would say, glorifying or helpful, um, joyful, um, pleasing. And you can create tough stuff that challenges people. But its innate intention is to to get things right. Mm -hmm. So even the toughest creations that really work for me, they were created with an intention for something very deeply good. Wow. And if you got to clock somebody, you got to tell them about themselves. You got to learn it. You got (laughs) to softly do it. I mean, you got to nicely do it. We all do it different ways. (laughs) But it's still happening. Right. It's still happening. It's just people have different personalities. Some people need to just be clocked and then they hear it. Some people <laughs> appreciate, they, they do, you know, they like it. You know, I get, I swear, Courtney, as a teacher, it's so crazy. As a person, 
people will be like, you know, I hate you. You are too mean. And then people will be like, you're too nice. You're too whatever. But then I'm like, what? But it's different personalities need different things. And like a fool, I became a teacher and teachers are supposed to care, you know? So then I have to go back to like, oh, but that's where the learning is because then I can get better because what I want is to try to share something that helps somebody get so much better than me. So I have to take those in and then I have to try to see what I can do. And then I still have to be authentically me, but it, it grows you. Sure. So I, I, for me, I think it's just trying to remember what I wanted and trying to remember who I want it for. Yeah. And if, you are thinking in terms of God, which I'm trying to really get my energy so much more to. If you're mm. thinking of, I saw you had a podcast, the Christ energy, and you know, I'm gonna go watch that. But oh, if yeah, you, the Christ consciousness, is consciousness. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm gonna go watch that one. But you if you're, if you're thinking of it as spirit, whatever you call it, because I'm a, I'm, I'm bad. It's for me, it's God. It's this. But if you're calling it that hike in the mountains that clears your energy, if you're calling it your music, your craft, your, your, your house building, your podcasting. It's like, what's it for though? What do you want from it? Yeah. And is what you want from it going to bring you some happiness or the people in your world, some happiness? Yeah. Can it affect us so that we all get better? Cause if you get better, I get better. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you just have to look at like, you know, what do I want and why do I want it? And yeah. what can I do with it? And maybe I can turn that towards something a little bit good for me and for other folk. Sure. Um, And I don't have a problem with people wanting something for themselves, but I I think we got a lot of potential and it seems to be to share. Yeah. Yes. To share. Absolutely. It seems to be to share. Yeah. And then to be known in that, you know what I mean? Yeah. To be seen, you know, like you, we want to, people have so much good stuff in them. Even if I can't see it, if I look long enough, I see it. Oh, it's true. And I know you do. You are, I feel like. Well, because if I can't see it, there's something happening in me. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That is like, there's resisting all of them. So then I have to go back to that too. You have to do the work. I totally agree. Elaine, I have a question for you. What, I have a lot of questions for you, but (laughs) in your, in your own expertise, like what is true authentic creativity in your opinion? Okay, that was the first question that was on your wonderful breakdown. And my answer was, I have no, I have notes. Oh, I love I told you, I told you I had notes. Cutest thing no, ever. I'm, I'm I'm a teacher and a nerd. So you know I had I wrote it down on paper because I was like, what is she talking about? I love it. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm always yelling at my students like, okay, here's all the answers. Now go back and you got to start the questions and they just don't, right? And then eventually somebody will go, I actually answered something and I found something. I love it. So my first answer was, I have no idea. (laughs) I was like, what is she saying even? What is she talking about? Who wouldn't even know that? I'm like, I don't. Then my second part of the answer, this is where it gets even worse for me. You want to talk about uh, 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 transparency. I was like, I'm not sure I've ever had it. Oh, wow. 
Now, oh, that's like, interesting. Sure. I was like, I'm not this sure. It's like a therapy session for sure. <laughs> I told you it was like a therapy session for me. That's where I go though. I went straight to all about me. I love so it. I was like, I'm not sure I've ever had true, authentic creativity. Wow. But you then I went on but... to the next thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, so you about to tell me how I have it, right? Which which is lovely. But then I went on to the next thing. I was like, okay, I create so deeply my thoughts and myself and <laughs> you know, unhinged, da, da, da. then I was like, oh, it seems that I can create when there's not a whole bunch of, this is the easy answer. There's not a whole bunch of, uh, there's not a whole bunch of ego crap version of me in here. Yeah. I create better when I have more God in me. Oh, I, create, I, lo- yes. I, I create better when I have a little bit of a clearing and maybe it's actually the bits of the spirit that you see that are peeking through that I'm not always uh, completely in concert with. That's when I feel like, oh, and even when it's hard, even when it's hard, I'm like, okay, okay. It's like I'm being given a little Holy Spirit lift to work through something that terrifies me and everything terrifies me. Oh, but you're like speaking to my soul right now. Cause like I, I've actually, um, I'm in a hotel room at this moment, but I'm in Moab, Utah, but I've been camping. Of course camping. you are. Of course, camping. You are. of course you're camping in Moab, Utah, and you're in a hotel room. What? I've been camping and I just, I was sitting out in nature the, the past little bit. You were. Of course you were. Of course you were. My little meditative self. Of course you were. Because <laughs> then my next thing was like, okay, when I'm by myself and I'm creating, I got to have enough God in me to create, right? And I got to have some fun. Exactly. But wait, then I'm just like, <laughs> oh, if I'm collaborating, like if I'm teaching or, you know, working with people I love and I'm in collaboration, like with you, it's all like action. It's yeah. all like, I just have my dish on you, see, and you're cracking me up <laughs> in your hotel room in Moab. <laughs> and that just is great. Cause that's like, <laughs> that's like, it's just, I just let, I can be led through that and then I can create. And then I was like, uh, I think of travel is the, the first authentic expression for me. And travel can be like walking and looking at a stupid rose, sitting in a new restaurant, being in Moab, you know? Yes. Like the hippy dippy, ridiculous part of me in COVID, I can just be COVID is the worst thing ever. And it just needs to be over. It does. I agree. I, it just needs to be over. And we just need to do whatever it takes to have it be over. Can we just agree? I have no yeah. deep thoughts on yeah. that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I can be in my apartment and just be in here <laughs> watching yes. movies and be, I'm cool, but I love to travel. I like the new sight, the new, yeah. that feeling of the new find. It's so a new, a it's like a me. connectivity. Yes. There's a part of me that wants to get the VW bus tricked out and very, very nice with a bathroom in it. I need to do some five-star camping, babe. I ain't know. But I, (laughs) that has been so appealing to me. So I'm like, of course you've been camping. Of course you are in tune. Because that's that's the other place. I I always talk about this on the podcast too. It's like, I am a constant <laughs> journeyer. I would, I never say I have all the answers or anything, but <sighs> I do. I've been sitting camping and I was sitting out in nature and I like, I turned off <laughs> my phones, everything. And I'm just going, I agree a hundred percent with what you say. That honest creativity is that 
when you feel that a little bit more connected with God and I, and just that or connectivity of all things that it that yeah that whatever is whatever that yeah, is whatever folks are yeah because I'm whatever you know. that is and to me like I think that you know when you really start doing that inner work and you start stripping back and so I love the Meisner technique the hippy dippy in me like lo- <laughs> takes it to go yes because it's so confronting it's yeah. it is you are you're you're looking at yourself so deeply um in a way but also just learning to kind of be as you are and yeah. react instinctively as you are and let yeah. go of a lot of the stuff that keeps you from being those things whether yeah. that be trauma or belief systems or whatever that is and you let go of that and you find the grounding in that connectivity of all things that is whether you want to call it god whatever you want to call it when you're able to kind of just clear some of that and sit there and be there and find that center, I feel like that's the most creative energy you could could ever connect to because it's created everything that's around you. Hello. And is holding it all together. And is holding it all together. It's pretty pure. And when you even get close to that for a second, it gives you lift. It gives you clarity. It gives you energy. It gives you sight beyond. It gives you imagination. It just, it can give you anything you want. If you're, if you're in it and you've got some kind of use for it, that's the thing that can change people. That's where you can really have a very harsh truth and somebody can have a skill that is so good that Uh they slice through the veil of people's like muck. And right. they just go, whoa. Right. Just right. whoa. Right. And so I have a lot of crap. So I can appreciate those moments when I feel like I'm outside of that. And there's just some peace in me. Yeah. But and there's also the beauty in the junk too, right? Yeah. It's not clearing. I it's hope. like it's like <laughs> where you when you work through that junk, I feel like there's a lot of creativity that comes from that too in that process yeah you know being able to move through it and to I mean I just I think there's a lot that comes with that too I'm I'm not saying that the only way that you could be the most creative self is to like yeah perfectly pure I'm just saying but working through it you know no well I was I I, that was the next you were asking like you know allowing yeah well what is creative lifestyle and like you were saying, hippy dippy and bohemian and free, like all that I thought of that in creative lifestyle, I always think of uh, uh, freedom. Because I guess freedom means to me that I am not in fear. Yes. And so, you know. No limitation. No, no limitation. Uh, choice. Mm-hmm. Um, safety. There's, there's, those go along with freedom. Yeah. You know, for me. And we and have so, to free ourselves in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. And then like when you, you were have saying, to, then you, you, you have to attack the systems that, that don't allow for people to. Right. To, yeah. Yes. But we, we accept a lot of those, right? And make yeah. those systems to be able to stay in place. That's right. Well, so because if like, they were serving you, you, it doesn't even occur to you to get rid of them because you didn't even know that they were happening because they ain't happening to you. That's right. <laughs> you feel free. You feel free to walk down the street. You feel yeah. free to wave to the police. You feel free That's to do right. this and that. You feel free in your house. You feel mm-hmm. free in the, the liberties and the resources that, that you've had access to. 
and it never occurred to you that maybe somebody else didn't have access. Totally. And this here we're not talking about, um, well, nobody tried to, no, we're just talking about what was the playing field? Yes. What did the playing field look like? Yeah. Who created that? Exactly. What was going on? Exactly. And, and it has that been recognized. And when you get some recognition, especially from the people who created or benefited from the playing field, then you can start to have some new conversation. Exactly. And that's a, something yeah. different. This yep. is a whole, it's a whole nother. But isn't that what it is? That's what creativity is. Exactly. You get a new little space and you birth a new baby, a new exactly. idea, exactly, a new laugh. I love the birth of a new laugh. I love that. That's my favorite thing. The birth of a new laugh. Oh, and, and create, like, that's why it's like creativity to me is, is far more than just the world of visual performing or culinary arts or whatever kind of creative lifestyle it is. It's like, gosh, we're creating in our mentalities, our thought processes, what we're teaching our children. You're creating, creating, creating. This trips me out because I, like I said, I'm not that deep. And I, I can be incredibly, uh, stupidly naive in moments. I'm always thinking things will atrophy and die out. You know, like, like certain things ran their course and they died out. And new ways of thinking, innovation, uh, shift in the animal where, you know, things shifted. But then I have to remember, no, no. Some lessons are continuing to be taught in their outmoded ineffective wrongness and they're continuing to be taught and so then here comes the the but it is all it's all working together for something yeah and I I agree with that too it's just it's hard sometimes to be in the moments where you feel like it's not but you know you can you can trust in a way yeah we gotta do our part I'm a one person at a time person you know some people of course can affect thousands and and millions and the whole entire world I'm just trying to go one person at a time. And sometimes that's successful. Sometimes it ain't. You do a great job. (laughs) Even without, even without saying a word, just showing up and teaching the Meisner technique, you are doing a fantastic job in, in just being. Well, I think we both know if you, maybe that's why Shonda rhymes. I have that um, um, say yes, or whatever her book is called the year of yet, you know, when she says yes yes to things that she typically wouldn't. Now, Courtney, you know, I have that book with full intention of like, that's what I should do instead of saying no to everything. (laughs) Have I read the book, Courtney? Ask me, have I read the book? Have Have I read read the book? book? No, I haven't read that book, Courtney. Because if I read that book, (laughs) you have to say yes to everything. Exactly. Because then I have the information. So now I don't read that book. I think I read the first chapter and ran very swiftly. That's hilarious. Uh, I know, right? But maybe now today you've reminded me. I'm gonna read. There's that another book. book like that uh, by Michael Singer called <laughs> the uh, the Surrender Experiment, where he no, says oh, yes honey, to no, everything no, no, like no. that. Yeah, absolutely not. Anything called, <laughs> anything called the Surrender Experience. You know, I'm not reading that. I trust that Shonda will not act crazy. I trust yeah. that she will. T- she will take me through some things and make some. She'll th- be gentle. Thank you. Because he sounds that. No, no, no. Oh, no. yeah. It, it was it was a lot. I was like, oh, wow, that's that's brave. That's or maybe brave. I'll maybe I'll read that, but I'll read it like, oh, this is fascinating. Yeah, yeah exactly. Good yeah. for him. Good, Good for, for him. him. Way to go. I'd like to meet him. Yeah. I'd like to talk to him about this. But yeah, no. 
Oh. No. Elaine, if you had if you had one creative tip for everyone, what would that be? Oh, one creative. Oh, oh. Oh. Stop everything and go do something fun. Oh yeah. Just stop it all. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Connect. We are yes, please stop. We're here. <laughs> To do a whole bunch of stuff, of course, and your job or your your passion, your obsession is there so that you can fully express. And it is a marvelous way to share with the whole world. Yeah. Your work or your whatever. But I, I really am, I am not really as obsessed as I am about teaching and art and my participation. I really am not trying to live to work. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I I'm 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 or is it the other way around? Is it work to live? The work or live to, to live. Work? Yeah. I'm not trying to work. Work to live. To live. I'm just trying to live and hopefully let my work enjoy be the extension work. of the choice. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So okay. I'm like, stop it all. That's me. I'm like, I have to just stop sometimes. And Same. I got to go plug into somebody fun, something fun, take a walk, look. It's what you said that I don't do nearly a freaking enough. What's everybody say? All you got to do is be on Instagram, Courtney. And every post on my Instagram, everybody I follow says the same thing. Get out into nature. Feet in the grass. Go over to the ocean. Get in to get your feet in the sand. Get out there and hug. Somebody literally was like, hug a tree. I'm like, what? Hug the tree. But nature is is the anecdote. You get really It's the reset. How do they put it? They put, cause it, right today, before I came on here, I could not stop laughing. It was like, get out into nature because it will reset. It's the best way to reset 100%. your energy. 100%. The you best. can learn a lot from nature. You know, like I, I, I look at nature all the time and this is the hippy dippy side of me. That's just like, gosh, you know, you see, you see the waves, they, they rise and they crash you see the clouds how they oh move. i can do that all day like it's my job i can watch the ocean but i don't ever do this do i ever do this courtney no <laughs> well no. you should because I, yes, you, know I should. you realize you know what you realize <laughs> you realize that everything is in perfect process and it's been in yeah. perfect process for billions of years and when you look at it we always think that we're separate from that and you're like no actually I'm nature too. I'm in this same process and evolving and changing. And I am doing the same things that that flower's doing or that these ways, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's been happening and I'm a yeah. part of this. So I can just relax. Yeah. I can just relax and be in that and, and allow myself to be here, even though I might feel pain and stress and tears and whatever. It's kind of like what you said earlier and what the Meisner technique does. Yeah. You have to allow it. And you just have to be in the process. And I think that that's a beautiful, and it's trippy, peaceful thing. Nature will just be going on with this same energy, like yeah. showing us the, the blueprint of what it is to have For enough sure. God in you. That's having enough God in you is just in nature. And sure. what happens if you're destructive with that or whatever. But without us, it'll just keep going. But we're placed here. So we must be placed here for a reason. And even if you were to go all the way that it's placed here for us to be in concert with, that's what you're saying too. Yeah. So yeah, I'm on, I need it. to, I need to change my whole life. I, that's what I told you. <laughs> I did this and I was like, oh Lord, here we go again. I need to change my whole entire no. life because I'm at 2% on my nature walk. 
I need to just take a big old leap and get that, get that 80, get that. Well, Hey, you're you're in your process, right? You're, you're going to, you're in your process, but that's a big one. I took notes. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to go into the last little part of our interview where I kind of ask, I'm starting to ask people the uh, the same three questions at the end of the interview, because I love hearing everyone's different answers. I think it's, it's really interesting, but in your opinion, what is our biggest threat to our society today? Um, I don't know. I guess I would say callousness, maybe Mm. a lack of empathy. Um, maybe, maybe this, there's a, a thing called the nap ministry on Instagram that I just had never seen discovered and I just love. And, uh, and the woman, I wish I had her name right in front of me. She needs, she needs to get all the credit for it. But I, I looked up because I love a nap. I love Same. an interruption, right? Mm-hmm. I love a reset. <laughs> and she's using that concept of the nap ministry as a, um, an interrupter of uh, systems that zap our energy and that we've wow. been taught we're important. Like we've got to work ourselves to the bone. Um, so these notions of there ain't nothing wrong with people working and getting fed by, by abundance for what they do. Yeah. But there is something wild. If we have systemic racism, if we have sex and we have all these things, we have all these systems in and we're all just pushing towards stuff, but for what, like for what, right. and right. if we're pushing towards stuff, so some people can kind of hold others down. She's like, take a nap, interrupt mm. that. Pull yourself yes. out of that process. Not the literal nap is the part of it, but of course the mainstay is, no, 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 no. This is a really active force against being used spiritually anyway. It's like, let's interrupt those patterns. And maybe to interrupt them, we got to have a little bit more empathy and a little less callousness and we have to 100%. want good for each other. So. Oh, that one was too much for me. I was like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know, but that's. Well, callousness keeps it going and the empathy draws attention to it and says, Hey, come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Yeah. That's beautiful. I I love that. So what do you think is the most important thing that we can do as individuals to kind of help heal the collective in a way and create more of an environment grounded in love and authentic expression? Um, well, I suppose you can't look away when you see things that, that just aren't quite right. Yep. And you don't have to, you know, uh, go into a violent diatribe about it. But I think if people just within their own families had a little bit more openness and lovingness and maybe tough conversations, but that's so hard doing to do. Doing the work, doing the work. It's just there. so hard to do, but that's where it's going to come from. hundred percent. It's going to come from just people going, I don't, that doesn't seem quite right. I just, I'm, I'm not going to quite go along with that. Yeah. Um, and I think that can change a lot and just open up a conversation. You can't control everything. No. But you certainly can express what you're after 
and question Absolutely. what you're after. Yep. I think so. so. I, I just think people have to use their voices however they see fit and they yeah. have to do it their way. Not the way everybody else thinks they got to do it. Sure. So artists, it's like, if you write, maybe you use your skills to pin an article. If you're an actor, maybe you're thinking about how can I give my skills to a, a short film or a movie or write my own. If you're a singer, maybe you're writing a song, you're writing a rap, you're doing a thing. If, you're, if you build houses, maybe you're trying to help the homeless, which I was just watching mm. an article where you're making tiny houses. You're using your skills your way. You're a parent. Maybe that's the biggest job of all. Yeah. Really talk to your kids about love because they didn't grow up hating. Yeah, so that's if right. Somehow, if that started, where'd that come from? And see if you can kind of do a little rewiring there because they didn't start that way. None of that's them. That's true. It's drawing the attention to that and being able to get people to ask the questions within themselves and to start clearing that way. That's, you know, like I always say that we're all kind of built on the foundation of love, right? And we build these bricks. Um, yeah. with all of our generational learning and we just stack things on top of that and we kind of forget what our foundation is, you know? So it's when yeah. you can start pointing to those questions and you can start kind of dismantling, 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 you get back down to the foundation, you know, mm. and those, those questions. And th I think that's what does that, you know? So I think everybody doing the inner work is kind of dismantling that and, and getting us back down to the heart of just kind of what we all are connected in, which is that love, you know. And just in my ridiculous Midwestern self, um, you know, New Yorkers, who has time to say hi to anybody? It's ridiculous, <laughs> right? But every now and then, just a hi, if, yep. if you can, because you can't always. It's like you're running and you're gunning and whatever atmosphere you're living in is like, who has time for all of that? Sure. But even in those rushed, hurried atmospheres, I always remember the people that take that extra little time for a little eye contact and a howdy and connection. Just, yeah. And, and it's it, it, incredible how much you realize if you actually have the conversation with someone, you realize how connected we really are. I had a conversation yeah. with someone a while ago, um, but just because we started having the conversation it was basically just like, oh, uh, hey, I'm Courtney. Hi, I'm so-and-so. Where were you born? Oh, I was born in Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, weird. So was I. Come to find oh, out we so were funny. born in this on the same day, same no. year, same hospital, two hours away from each other. Our bed, my last name is Cole. His last name was Combs. Our baby beds were right next to each other. No, the they hospital. weren't. Swear to God. He was born or he was born in Shreveport, but then moved to uh, Minnesota. And so and then we went to the same college together. Okay, see, you have all that going on. That, no, but that's what? what I'm talking about. If you have the conversations with people, Look, you do I'm not even realize. saying that. Well, oh, yeah, that, you know, I'll babble with anybody. <laughs> I love a story. I will babble with anybody. But then there's sometimes even I, though I haven't been in an Uber or a Lyft for like 500 years, right? Yeah. Uh, because of everything. But I get it when sometimes you don't want to talk. You don't want to connect. I'm you not certainly, sure. you, sh you certainly should not be made to connect and it doesn't mean anything about you. You're just chilling and enjoying yourself. Right. But there's still just a, I don't know, there's just the tiniest thing of, I recognize you're here before you do the now shut up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, the acknowledgement, that's like, amazing. Yeah, it's just it's like, we're here, we're both here. Hey, and then it's like, yeah. I don't wanna talk. Well, you got that right. That's cool, but hey, we're here and we're, we're here. In this. I love that. We're, we're here and yes. we actually made it. <laughs> and <laughs> like we care. We, yeah. I well, think we, that's look, beautiful. We didn't have to be here because yeah. somebody's not. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. And so if for some reason we are, I, I, I have to remind myself, I guess I'm supposed to do something with that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm not necessarily just writing it out. I right. could do something with it, even something tiny. Right. Yeah. Elaine, you're such a joy. You're such a light. I just, ah. I thank you so much for doing this today and taking the time. I know you're a busy I lady. I, I just it. have loved this conversation so much. Is there any place online where people can find you if they want to follow along with you or? Courtney, no. You know I'm trying to hide out. <laughs> Courtney, heck no. I am trying to. Are you crazy? You know I have a private Instagram with about two people that I know. Courtney, are you like that? You got this trying big to old out you. I know. No, heck no. Because people then they want something. I don't have anything okay, to give you them. Know what? Okay, here we go. No, I'm not. I'm if lying. You want I'm lying. To okay, take- here we go. I'm lying. I'm lying. Okay, personally, they ain't gonna find me. Don't try. But of course, <laughs> through the studio. Of course, <laughs> it would. It would. I know. Is that the worst? You're I like Elaine. I'll post it on all the platforms. It'll be fantastic. It's You're like, please way. don't. I'm like, please, no, <laughs> please do. But this is what I want you to do: turn it right back into where it really needs to be turned, which is the lovely Baron Brown Studio. Absolutely. That's where they can find me. Such we a have great an Instagram. Studio. I look at it, <laughs> and it's true. It. <laughs> and it's true. And it's like, if you guys want to, they, they have classes all the time going on at Barry Brown. If you want to get into the Meisner they technique, do. it's such a beautiful, beautiful technique. And, and Elaine and teaches it so beautifully. They, uh, you're, get out of here. I paid her for all that. They, <laughs> they, they can find me and they, they of course can find me there. They can find all my colleagues there. They can find Joanna DW there, but I, I do look at it. And so I see when people pop up, even when I'm trying to hide out. Oh, and I have a page. I have a whole like studio page and the whole oh, thing good. Like, that, like on Facebook and stuff like that. But I'm not on it as much as I should be, Courtney. It's terrible. Don't tell That's my okay. bosses. You know what? That's Don't okay. tell my Don't bosses. tell anyone. Don't do it. Just go be in nature. <laughs> go be in nature. But look, I figure if people find me, I'm meant to be found. Absolutely. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. And I feel lucky that I was one of those people because you are just so wonderful. Man, you know, I'm, I told you I'm a major. No, no, I can't make it. No, I'm not coming. No, I'm not participating. No, I don't wish to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But I think my anxiety would just, no, thank you. But you said that I was like, well, these are the kind of things I've been pulling in and here it comes. So I better be saying more yeses. So more of them can come in. And it was, thank you for providing me with therapy. It was very therapeutic. Hey, it was therapy for me too. So thank you. I appreciate it. You're such a light. Thank you, Elaine. You are too, honey. This has been great. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Love Freak Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. You can also follow me on Instagram at the love freak underscore. Don't forget that's F-R-E-Q. Or to find out more information, you can go to www.thelovefreak.me. Look for a new episode every Tuesday.